sort of overwhelmed at what the Lord is up to, and I want to share it with you because I think you're going to be full of thanksgiving and gratitude to God. How many know that we're in a season where I believe God is going to do something only he could get the glory for? Like nobody else could get the glory for it but God. How many need that kind of blessing in your life right now? And so I believe that's the moment that we're living in, and I shared this on Sunday, and um, I, I want you to get comfortable with this reality and this truth, that God isn't going to make the world get better before he blesses you real good. He's going to bless you real good in the middle of a crazy dark world. There is a dichotomy that exists in the, in the world today, and it is this dichotomy. The people of light and the people of God are going to get hotter and hotter, and the people who don't want God are going to get colder and colder. You just have to decide you and your house are going to serve the Lord. And if you'll make up your mind that you and your house are going to serve the Lord, I want to tell you God knows how to take care of his children, and he knows how to bless you. And I'm becoming more and more comfortable with the fact that God doesn't consult my, my atmosphere to determine if he's going to bless me. He prepares tables of blessing in the presence of my enemies. How many are thankful for that tonight? So I want you just to stay plugged into the kingdom and what God is doing because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on in this world right now. And I shared with Devin tonight, I'll just be transparent since it's Wednesday night and um, uh, you know, this is the core. I, I would say if you come on Wednesday night, you're for real saved, right? You like really love Jesus if you come on Wednesday night and uh, especially in the COVID thing that everybody's processing and on a cold January night, you really love God if you come to church. I'll share this in transparency. She called me tonight she, or texted me tonight. She said, uh, uh, you ready to share? And, da, da, da. and I said, no, Dev, I'm really not. I'm grieved today. And if I could just be really honest with you, I've been heavy most of the day. And I'm not heavy over what's happening in the realm of lost people and sinners because sinners sin, right? How many used to be a sinner? How many were good at sinning? You know, some people are like, uh, you know, I fell into sin. Not me. When I sinned, I jumped into sin, right? Uh, I was a good sinner. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm always burdened for the lost but I'm burdened today because uh, I, I feel like the church is in need of a, of a compass. I feel like the church, I'm not just talking about our church. I'm talking about the church in this nation, the church at large. We, we need a compass. Um, I was talking to several pastor friends today. Can I just share for a minute? I was talking to sh several pastor friends today, and there's just, there's a lot of feeling like, What's next and where do we go from here? And, and I even felt that today. And when I get in that place, I recognize it is time to pray because God is saying something in those moments that is not a surface word. You know, God's going to bless you. This is going to be a great year. Wonderful. That's great. But there's something deeper going on right now. There, there, there is a need to hear more than a peanut butter and jelly uh, word that really has been born out of a place of convenience and not out of a place of consternation and pressing in and praying. We need to hear the word of the Lord right now. And one of the things that I'm concerned about, and this is sort of what we we're gonna share so we can just jump in. Uh, babe, you can jump in at any point. One of the things I'm, I'm really concerned about is I see a certain kind of tribalism developing in the body of Christ that makes me very concerned that people who need to hear the word won't receive it if it doesn't come from their kind of preacher. 
it's tribal. It's, it's really not kingdom. It's God, you can speak to me as long as they come from my tribe and they come from my, my particular kind of church or they're the color of my skin or they were raised. You can speak to me so long as I approve of these people. But a prophet and an apostle and a voice of God in the earth today may be in a package that you and I have never been able to accept or receive from before. And I see, I see this tribalism surfacing in the body of Christ that makes me very concerned that if we're not careful, we can miss what God is saying and miss what God is doing. And I want to first of all challenge us tonight as we talk about prayer for just a few moments and then we pray. Family, family, family. Please keep your ear open to the voice of God, no matter what kind of vessel he speaks through. Some people are going to miss the voice of God in this moment because the vessel doesn't look like what they thought it should look like. And I am challenging everyone in this room. Athens, I love you. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging everyone that's a part of our Ruach network and everyone watching through the grapevine on technology. Make sure in this season that you haven't become so tribal and removed yourself from the influence of the kingdom, that God can't speak to you through someone even that you've never heard before. I, I, I understand the, the, the importance of knowing those that labor among you, but I am terribly convinced that if our pet prophets aren't prophesying our pet prophecy, then we're in a position where we're going to miss what God is saying in this hour. We, we cannot afford to miss God. We cannot afford to miss God. And so I, I, I'm, I'm stirred tonight. I'm not in a bad mood. I'm not heavy in a bad way. But we need more tears in the church. We need more tears in the church. And I'm, I'm terribly concerned for the people of God that we've got more anger than we do humility right now. And we're mad. And mad about all kinds of things. And I'm telling you right now, the kingdom of God is not anger and depression and heaviness. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if you don't have that right now, it might be an indication of how far we are from the kingdom of God. And I believe in this season, God is wanting to draw us closer to his kingdom and the reality of life in the kingdom. And we and you have got to take a real spiritual inventory of ourselves because as Devin is going to share tonight, and we're going to talk about for a few moments, when God gets ready to bring correction, when God gets ready to bring rebuke, when God gets ready to bring alignment, God doesn't start with Egypt. He starts with his people. Judgment begins in the house of God. You say, Pastor, are you going to talk about judgment tonight? I, I, I want to tell you right now, there are times we're going to read this text in just a moment. The Lord reminded me today, there are times when God is not in a good mood. Jesus braided a whip. A thoroughly intentional process of taking leather strips and winding them together for the intention, with the intention of driving people out of his temple. Uh, just read that, babe. Would you do that? Would you re re read that? If you want to text, it's John chapter 2. John chapter 2. That's And the same stories in Matthew, yes. We'll dive right into the word. First of all, thank all of you. I thank all of you who have joined us. We're at times of prayer and in fasting. 
We'll be doing this every month, the first Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, because this is a year to go deeper in prayer than you've ever gone before. If you have any New Year's resolution in your heart, uh, make it to go deeper in prayer. And we do believe that's the heart of Jesus. Um, John chapter 2, beginning in verse 13. The Jewish Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And when he came to the temple complex, he found people selling oxen, sheep, and doves. And he also found the money changers sitting there. Mm. After making a whip out of cords, he drove everyone out of the temple complex with their sheep and their oxen. And he also poured out the money changers' coins. And he overturned the tables. He told those who were sitting selling doves, get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it is written, zeal for your house will consume me. I'm going to just quickly read the same few verses in Matthew chapter 21 um, when Jesus did the same thing. Is that it, Kev? Mm-hmm. Jesus went into, I'm starting in verse 12. Jesus went into the temple complex and drove out all those buying and selling in the temple. He overturned the money changers' tables and the chairs of those selling doves. And he said to them, it is written, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves. This has been a passage that uh, Kevin and I have just been discussing in our house. It's been kind of the theme of this three days of fasting for me. Um, and I literally had a vision that that drove me to this passage. I just caught a mental image. Just The Lord just showed me a snapshot of Jesus making a whip. And I love the Lord Jesus. He is such a tender friend. He is such a, a tender mother and father. He is such a comforter. He's the one we talk to every day. Um, but when we read John chapter 2, we get a little comfortable, uncomfortable at the image of a Jesus who is also one of discipline. So true. And when you look at what a whip was used for um, in those times, it was a tool of correction. It could be a tool of correction for animals, and it could be a tool of correction for people. And as Jesus braided that whip, his intention was not to pitch a fit. His, his intention was not to lash out in anger. His intention was to go in with a rod of correction and change what he saw. Something he saw stirred something in him that the disciples at the end of the story call zeal. And if I can say anything for the events of 2020 and turning over to a new year of 2021 in prayer for the year is when I saw this image of Jesus. And I do believe as much as it is easy to focus on the struggles around us and what is happening in our culture, I believe Jesus is razor focused, not on the culture around us, but on the bride of Christ itself. And what Kevin said is found in First Peter, when it says the judgment of the Lord, the judgment of God begins in the house of God. And it is so easy for us to identify what is wrong with the world but they, like Kevin said, are living in sin. And what brings a sin-cursed world into redemption is a, is a church that is standing in the light and declaring truth. So and if the bride of Christ is contaminated or cluttered with things that are distractions from its original intent and purpose, it cannot serve to be the light of the world. Mm. And Jesus, before he went to the cross, this is just, this is just a, a few days before he went to the cross, he felt the need 
need to set the house in order. Right. What's so amazing about the John text is that the those around him, the Pharisees, were very angry at what he did. We have to recognize in this passage, Jesus made a mess. Jesus made an intentional mess. It says he drove out the animals. So if you can just play imagination with me and imagine a stampede of doves and oxen and sheep running out of the temple as Jesus pulls out a whip. He drove out people. It said he drove out those who were selling those animals and exchanging money. He overturned tables. He overturned the structures on which they were making the house of God a marketplace. And he even took the coins they were profiting from, and it says he dumped them out. So there were coins scattering, tables turning, and animals running. All in one moment. The house of the Lord was a chaotic mess. But Jesus was after something. He wasn't after chaos. He was about making space for what the intentional design of that temple was. And he, he declares in Matthew, a house of prayer. And those around were angry at what he did. And this is what they said. By what authority do you do this? And Jesus makes a very profound statement. He says, you may destroy this temple, but in three days I'll raise it up again. And of course, they thought he was talking about the temple that had been built before them. But the word lets us know this is one of the first times Jesus directly refers to himself and is referring to us as the temple of God, Mm. meaning he was driving out a physical manifestation of chaos and lucrativeness that was taking place and disorder in the temple. But really what he was after was the heart of his bride. And so when you read this passage, you can't just narrow in on the fact that Jesus took a whip into the physical temple. What I believe Jesus is wanting to do to our hearts tonight and to the bride tonight is is look at us as the temple and examine the structures in us and what we do as the bride of Christ to see what needs to be overturned, Mm -hmm. what needs to be driven out. What is the clutter that's in the way of his original design? Mm -hmm. And not only is this house made to be a house of prayer, but you were created yeah. to be a house of prayer. Yeah. And what's crazy is we always, Dev, we always talk about crowds. This was the week of Passover. This is absolutely the busiest week at the temple. Some scholars believe there was many, listen to this, there was many as 400,000 pilgrims who had descended on Jerusalem for Passover that week. Jesus doesn't wait until the crowd leaves before he cracks the whip. Jesus waits until the crowd is at an all-time peak and says, great, I got everybody here. Now let me drive everything that needs to be driven out, out of the temple. This goes back to the point that we continue to try to make, and I want to make sure this house gets this. God is not as infatuated with crowds as we are. I'm thankful when more people come. But if more people coming mean we have to compromise the move of God, the message of God, the, the, the strategy of God, and if we're more of concerned about offending people than grieving the heart of the Father, we have disqualified ourselves from the revival that we say we're hungry for. The second thing I want to tell you is this, and I feel the burden of the Lord. The second thing I want to tell you is this, that this word scourge, this, this word whip in John chapter 2 is from uh, the same root word. So this word scourge is a noun in the Greek, and it comes from a root word of a verb in the Greek that is used in the 
book of Hebrews, don't miss this, the 12th chapter. And it says, whom the Lord chastens, he loves. Watch. And everyone he scourges, he scourges as a son to receive him. When he went into the temple with a scourge, he was trying to tell them, I'm supposed to be your father. I'm supposed, you're supposed to be the sons of God. I'm trying to scourge you because there's this intention and purpose that I have for your life. But if I don't discipline you, then you're not mine. If I leave you handling money and turning the temple, and that's what this whole thing was about in John 2, this was about turning the temple into a cesspool of financial foolishness where we were more interested about money and changing money than we were about changing lives and seeking the Lord. And what we've moved into, if we're, I think, listen, one of the things that happened in 2020 is the Lord said, absolutely not. I will not allow my house to be a house that is about the crowd and the cash and not about conversions and people getting born again. I'm going to get my house the way I want it. And if I got a whip and scourge, I want you to know you're my sons and daughters. Those whom he scourges, they are sons. And anyone, Hebrews 12 says this, anyone who God doesn't discipline is an illegitimate child. This is heavy. I'm sharing stuff with people who really love Jesus because you're here on Wednesday night, but someone needs to hear me. We are in a season where God is serious about our future. He's serious about the, the people of God and their future. And our purpose will never be realized so long as we are conducting ourselves in his holy temple in waves that grieve his spirit. And if I had time to preach, and I don't, but the dove was in a cage and he turned the table over and he let the dove loose. And I want to tell you the dove represents the Holy Spirit. And if the church is going to be who God called it to be, it can't cage up the dove and put him on the side and have time and room for their own shenanigans, but not room and time for the manifestation of the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the day where God is recalibrating the people of God. And in order to get some of our attention, he's, he's, he's braiding a scourge. I don't know what else to say. It's what the text says. I feel like that's what we have seen in the past year on a, a corporate level, even a global level, not just in our nation, but the nations of the earth. The bride of Christ was shaken globally. Uh, what we know as the church has been shaken globally. And I think if we asked you to raise your hands, if you were shaken personally in 2020, even as the, the individual temple of God, we were shaken. But Jesus did not create a mess to leave it a mess. He created a mess. He took it upon himself, like Kevin said, with zeal and with the authority of a father to drive out what did not belong so it could be restored to the, original intent. The zeal of the Lord consumed him. Can we pause and consider that? Because all of this mishmash and milk toast evangelical stuff that we're all propagating of singing kumbaya and let's have a real calm and no, there is a time when the people of God have got to know that the zeal of the, the word zeal in the, in the Greek, it's, it's this thing of a boiling point. The zeal of the Lord 
The zeal of the Lord consumed him. Where is your zeal? What has killed the zeal? Don't let something kill the zeal. And we need people who are passionate again. This whole laissez-faire, let it pass me by approach to Christianity is causing us to miss, I believe, and could cause us to miss the greatest manifestation and outpouring of God's spirit. He intends to send it. I know the word of God. In the last day, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. If this book is true, God is not coming back for a defeated church. He is coming back. The Bible said in the book of Jude, it's a church that will cross the finish line with exceeding joy we're not crossing the finish line saying bless God COVID and the Antichrist and 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 everybody else and the Senate went Democrat that is not how we're crossing the finish line we are crossing the finish line if I cross tonight let it be known I'm crossing saying God is exalted the devil is defeated and Jesus is still Lord and we have got to keep up Uh, 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 and understand a focus on the things of the kingdom and stop allowing this garbage in the church in the world to impact and to and to wear down the people of God in the house God is dealing with the church in this moment I'm convinced of it Deb God is dealing with the church in this moment well what about the world if the world gets dealt with the if the church gets dealt with the world will get saved. I'm telling you, yes, there'll be people who miss it and won't receive it, but many times the world isn't, isn't coming in in harvest because the church is too busy trying to make money and not worried about those who have lost their soul. And, and I just want us to know tonight, I want you to know this, that God is really concerned about what we have in here and what we have in this room. And this text tonight, these two texts tonight, Deb, remind us that as much as Jesus loves us, he loves us too much to leave us like he finds us. And when we, the other thing I want to say is this, and I'll be quiet. When, the, when we talk about judgment, how many have ever heard these wild, you know, doomsday people and, and oh, God's going to judge America? Let me tell you right now, when God judges America... It may not look like hurricanes, fires, and riots in the street, although it could. It might be worse than that. It might be the slow, undiscerned, backing away where God says, you don't want me? just back up and how many times can we keep on having church and God ain't in it and I find myself saying Lord whatever we do let us have your presence Moses in Exodus 33 said if we don't have your presence We are like every other group of people on the planet. The only thing that makes us different is that you are with us. Perhaps the most miserable place to be is a church that feels the obligation to continue to conduct services but does not have the passion to pursue the presence of God to abide among it while they have those services. I don't just want to go through motions.
I want him. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I want him. I'm hungry for him. I'm hungry for that dove to come and to rest on my life like it rested on Jesus and not leave. I don't want him to fly away. Mm. When Jesus made a mess in the temple, it was for the purpose of restoring original intent. And that's where I think we're directed in our prayer time tonight. There's so much more that can be said that will be said over the coming and we, coming weeks and months um, from this pulpit and from the church. Let's not come out of a season like 2020 was and try to put tables back together and reassemble doves in cages and try to put back what Jesus so carefully and intentionally overturned and drove out. This is a season in this month of resetting. Everyone is saying resetting. It literally freaked me out. I started saying this word to Kevin back in November. But their, their concept of resetting is not a kingdom one. Let us have a mindset of kingdom reset saying, Jesus, we recognize it's been a very uncomfortable season, but it was very intentional by your hand. Because just maybe it's not the world that's your focus right now. It's a bride who has built structures and ways of operating and focuses of passion that are not the zeal of the Lord. And maybe, just maybe, the love of Jesus was also the jealousy of Jesus. Yeah. And it caused him to braid a whip and overturn things that we thought we would never see overturned. We thought we would never see change. And the proper response tonight is to say, Jesus, we recognize and we honor a mess. And what we want to do now is restructure for what you originally intended. What did you originally intend for the church in America, for for the body of Christ, for me as your temple? Mm. And as we go into intercession is what we want to do tonight. I think it starts with self-reflection. We have to ask ourselves, what is consuming us? What is filling the space of our temple? And is it what he has set up or is it what we have set up? And maybe a lot of us have experienced an overturning and a driving out. And this is not the time to cling to what has been. It's time to ask the Lord, what was your original intent? And if there's any focus, I believe in my heart for the coming year, it's to become the house of prayer that Jesus intended for us to be Holy Spirit, consumed help us, help us. by the zeal of the Lord. Help us, because when you're consumed by the zeal of the Lord, the fear of man just does not have a grip. When you're consumed by the fear of the Lord, what public opinion is of you will never put a muzzle on your mouth from truth. When you are consumed by the zeal of the Lord, you wake up with a prayer wheel churning in your spirit and you go to bed whispering your heart to the Savior because he becomes so much more real than the chaos around you. And so it is our prayer that this house 
will become a house of prayer and your house will become a house of prayer and your heart will become a temple that all the clutter is removed and a fire of prayer burns within us. And I just believe in the middle of challenging times, Jesus is going to rebuild his bride to shine and burn brighter than we have ever seen. But it's just going to require some letting go. And so I just, I want to start prayer just by praying a prayer, personal reflection. And I, I felt a weightiness in my spirit as Kevin began to talk about the unnoticed, undetected lifting of the hand of the Lord. If I can just be transparent and still don't have full understanding, but since last August, true story. my life has been consumed with 911. Everywhere. I started taking pictures for Kevin because I thought I was losing my mind from every time I look at a clock to text messages to images on the TV, 911 today several times. And 911 can only be interpreted so many ways, but most of us see that as an emergency number. And what I prefer to say tonight is a number of urgency. And I feel like in my spirit, the Lord has, the spirit of the Lord has been saying to me, urgent, this is urgent. It is urgent that you fast, Devin. It is urgent that you pray. Like Kevin said, this complacent, lukewarm, comfortable position we have lulled ourselves to sleep in is not going to work in the hour that no, we're in. Jesus. There needs to be a sense of urgency that returns to the house of God. Urgency for lost souls. Urgency for our sons and daughters. Urgency for the kingdom of God to be made known. Urgency to seek the face of the Lord and draw near to him as he draws near to us. And if I could see anything happen in this time of prayer tonight, let it be a shaking off of sleepiness and complacency. And I just declare over every person willing, may a fire of urgency just rise up in your spirit to such a degree. It's not even about choosing to fast that sometimes a prayer burden comes upon your heart you couldn't think about eating if you didn't want to it's not about setting an alarm to pray I pray an urgency consumes us that you're up at hours of the night unconcerned about your sleep because you're consumed with a burden for the lost that we're not begging people to pray and convincing people to come to church but there's such an urgency of the spirit that we're driven to make sacrifices necessary to keep our focus on what is important. An urgency that causes us to change our schedule. An urgency that causes us to tear down idols. An urgency that changes our conversation around the dinner table. An urgency that changes what we do with our bank account. An urgency that causes us to operate in radical obedience. Understanding that time is short. The kingdom of God is at hand. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And we are on the brink of such a great harvest. The Lord has such wonderful things to pour out if we will but shift our hearts into agreement with heaven.
Jesus wept over Jerusalem because the Lamb of God walked upon their streets, entered into their synagogues, came into their homes, but they missed their time of visitation. And he wept tears of missed opportunity. And I'm here to tell you I've wept enough tears of missed opportunity for the year behind us. There is a fierce resolution in my heart that I will not let my house miss one divine opportunity that heaven has to offer in 2021. I will not let one menial temporal distraction steal my divine focus. I will not let one moment of temporal comfort just put out the flame or the fire of zeal in my heart. I will keep before my children the things of the kingdom and I will not close my mouth to truth. Too much is at stake. So with hands lifted, just as a sign of surrender, whether they're just slightly lifted or shot up as high in the sky as you can reach them, can we just right now, before we petition God for anything, can we just invite the Jesus who overturns and drives out? Can we just give him permission to examine our temple? Examine our homes? Examine our passions and our zeal? Jesus. Can we lay before him our list of priorities and let him erase some things? Can we show him what our passions are and even dare to ask him for his zeal to consume us? Hallelujah. Oh, Abba. Oh, God, help us. We come to you oh, as your sons and daughters and we hear your word. We need you. We will not be ignorant of the times in which we live. We will not turn a deaf ear to the promises of your scripture your word that you have given us as a guide. And right now, Father, by the authority of the Spirit, I just declare a divine awakening over this house that all those who slumber would awake, that our spirits would awake, that we would shake ourselves. I rebuke a spirit of complacency and a spirit of slumber that has tried to creep into the bride of Christ in this nation, in this city, in this house, in my own heart. We arrest it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And we declare a divine alertness like a man awaking from slumber. May we be consumed with the urgency of your heart. For you are eager to perform your word. You are eager to fulfill your word. You are eager to call in the harvest. You are eager to pour your spirit out. Lord, shake us tonight. And let us be consumed by the zeal of the Lord. We just give you permission now. Whatever needs to be removed, you can have it. Whatever needs to be overturned, you can overturn it. Whatever needs to be scattered and dumped out, you can do it. We are not afraid of a mess. In fact, we embrace 
the mess of the year before us, and we will not dare try to reconstruct what you have overturned. Jesus, Jesus we surrender to the cleansing of the temple. We surrender to the reordering of original intent. And our prayer tonight has one singular focus. Make us a house of prayer. Make us a house of prayer. Make us a house of prayer. Forgive us for pursuing inferior agendas. We turn our house to your, your agenda. We turn our hearts toward your agenda. Make us a house of prayer with fire on the altar and incense arising. Make us a lively house of prayer. Yes, yes, yes. God. Not one with dead coals and dust upon the altar Jesus. and ash of yesterday's move. Make us a living, breathing house of prayer. Let the fire and the zeal of your spirit consume us in an inner place and let the aroma of worship rise from our lives. Jesus, we worship you. There's a zeal rising in some of your hearts that you've never had before. You didn't know prayer could be so interesting. You didn't know his spirit could be so alive. But I just declare the consuming zeal of the Lord is entering this room and filling every willing vessel. Now you pray your own prayers of hunger right now. Begin to ask him to consume you. Begin to ask him to rebuild an altar of intercession in your heart. Ask him to rekindle the fires of passion in relationship. Right now I speak to ears that have been stopped up in the spirit. I declare deaf spiritual ears open now in Jesus' name. They open now to hear the spirit of the Lord. I declare spiritually blind individuals who have not been able to see properly in the spirit. I declare tonight blind eyes open. Blind eyes open. Your senses are coming alive to the move of the spirit and your prayer time is about to become interactive. It's not going to be dead. It's going to be interactive. Your senses are coming alive in the spirit to the moving of the spirit realm and your prayer time is becoming activated and alive. Just let a cry come from your spirit. Don't overthink it. Don't overanalyze it. Your spirit is coming alive to prayer. And it's groaning. And it's reaching out. Deep is calling out to deep. Don't think so hard about it. Just let your spirit begin to worship. Just let your spirit begin to cry out. Just reach out for him. Reach out for him. I want to. I want to just release you right now. I feel like I feel like God has been speaking this to me, and I know this sounds a little different. We, there are all kind of ways to pray, 
and posture is not always important. But I want to tell you, when you go to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem, they're rocking and they're walking and they're walking and they're talking to God. And I want you to get comfortable just being able to walk and to declare. And, and the Lord said to me, tell them that their quiet time has been too quiet. And I'm going to turn the volume up of prayer. And I'm going to release their spirit to begin to pray and intercede. And the Lord's about to make warriors out of people who didn't even, who didn't even think they had the gift of intercession. I'm telling you, you can't find a thing called the gift of intercession in your Bible. There's no such thing is the gift of intercession. We've all been called to intercede and to stand in a gap and to pray. And I need about 30 men. And we can have ladies too, but this house is about to get deputized with some strong men in the spirit who are going to walk and take territory for the glory of Almighty God. I want some brothers and sisters just getting an altar or getting an idol. I don't care where you get. I just want us to begin to get free in prayer. I feel like we've been bound up a little bit in prayer and I want us to get loose in prayer and let our feet do some walking and our mouth begin to declare come on father set a fire on the altar of my soul tonight I'm going to burn Lord I want to burn with your presence and burn with your glory father we want the lightning of your power to strike our soul wake us Lord shake us oh God whatever you do don't leave us like you found us we need you. Yeah, just wave that. Just do something that you've never done before in prayer. I'm telling you, a yoke is breaking that has made prayer difficult. And there's a dam getting ready to break free. There's a dam getting ready to break free. And a river of prayer is going to begin to flow out of your belly. Come on in here and pray. Yes, there's a grace for encounter in this room tonight. There's a permission for encounter in this room tonight. If you'll talk to him, he's going to talk back to you. If you'll draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. This is a live spiritual atmosphere with grace for encounter. So don't worry about who's around you. Just reach for him. He's here. He's here. I want you to get up and walk around that sanctuary. I want you to wave those hands. I want you to pray and pour your soul out until hot tears begin to flow again. The Lord is burning out the, the, the place in us that has quenched the spirit and has caused the zeal to, to wane and die. The zeal of the Lord is going to consume our hearts right now in the mighty name of Jesus a passion to pray to call on the name of the Lord the Bible said the effectual fervent prayer the effectual fervent prayer the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much somebody just let it loose right now pour your glory out Lord send revival Holy Spirit if you don't know how to pray right now, pray for the fire in your spirit. Pray for the fire in your spirit. Oh, God, send the fire. Spirit of the living God. Spirit of the living God, we need you. Oh, God, I pray for a stirring. I pray for a stirring in the hearts of your people. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. 
Ephesians 5:14. Awake ye who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine light upon you. Awake ye who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will shine light upon you. Lord, send your glory. Send your glory. Try us, O Lord. Created me a clean heart, O God. Created me a clean heart, O God. Oh, God, renew a right spirit that comes the Antalabaya. Mendariasa. Manahoshepiranandamakota. Renew a right spirit in us tonight, oh God. Oh, somebody's getting closer to the Lord. Draw near to Him, and He will draw near to you. We worship you tonight, oh God. There's an ascension taking place in this room tonight. And as you go after him, your burdens are going to fall to the ground. Spirits of heaviness are going to fall to the ground. As you enter into his presence, you're going to trade your garment of heaviness for a garment of praise. And heaviness is leaving and joy is coming. Come on here. Heaviness is leaving. And joy in his presence is coming. Just press in. Dada mama roko mama mashan dada mama shan. Yes. Make me a house of prayer, oh God. Heaviness is hallelujah, hallelujah. Make me a house of prayer, oh God. Your heaviness is leaving, and His joy is oh, coming. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, come on! I feel like God just spoke to me and said, "Pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers." Come on, we don't have to pray for the harvest; it's already harvest time. But I need somebody to agree with me in prayer for laborers in the field. Come on, it's harvest time. Lord, we pray for laborers in this house. We pray for laborers in this ministry. We pray for people to be activated in the field that they would win souls. He that winneth souls is wise. Give us souls tonight, oh God. Give us souls tonight, oh God. Cleanse us, Lord. Make us new and make us whole. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thine Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto us the joy of our salvation and renew a right spirit in us tonight. Father, it's time for harvest. It's time for harvest. And we want to be laborers in the field. Come on. Heaviness is leaving. Yeah. And his joy is coming. Yeah. Heaviness is leaving. Jesus, we need you. And his joy is coming. Jesus, we need you. Heaviness is leaving. Jesus, we need you. And his joy is coming. Oh. 
We need you, Lord. Oh, we need Just you, Lord. Just turn your ears to heaven. Yeah, 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 he yeah. Has so much to say. Jesus. Just turn your eyes to Jesus and let the cares fade away. Just turn your ears to oh, heaven. Oh, he has so much to say. Just turn your eyes to Jesus. Let distractions fade. Hallelujah. And joy is coming. Oh. Yes, heaviness is lifting. Thank you, God. And joy Thank is you, coming. God. Let Thank it fall in this place, joy. Let joy, joy fall in this yeah. place. Oh. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to get in circles. Just keep playing. I want you to get in circles of five or six people right here, just in your seat, in the altar, wherever, aisles, wherever you are. I want you to find five or six people. It's better if you don't know who they are. If you know who they are, that's okay, but it's better if you don't know them real well. And I want you to begin to pray for revival and awakening to come to the body of Christ. I want you to start with prayers for this house and I want it to grow beyond the scope of what God is doing here and I want you to begin to pray for revival and awakening to come to America. America we need God and I want you to begin to lift your voice together for God to send awakening and revival to this nation and then I want you to end by praying for God. Oh I feel the Lord getting ready to break some things tonight. I want you to end it by praying for the nations of the earth to come into the awakening and the glory of God. I want everybody that can to find a little circle there. I want you to lift up your voice together. If one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand to flight where two or three or five or six are gathered in his name. He's there in the midst. He's there in the midst. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for revival. Yes, wake us up, God. 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 Let us hear. Let us see. Let us come to life. I pray for Athens. Send revival to Athens. Send awakening to Athens. Send awakening to Chattanooga. Send awakening to this city. We pray for revival to come to redemption to the nations. God heal families. God heal marriages. God heal sick people. God save the lost. God activate the gifts of the Spirit. Let Jesus be lifted higher. Let Jesus be lifted higher. Awake us, oh God. Let us rise from our slumber. We praise you tonight, oh God. Come on, we're praying for revival. We're praying for awakening. We're praying for a breakthrough. A breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I felt something right there. I feel the breaking through of God's Holy Ghost. Thank you. Thank you. Hear of my soul. Man, get a heart. She paparaya. She paparaba. And paparaba. Son of a hapanda. Ruba say. Holy Spirit, we give you glory. Thank you, God. Shadadadama koshaya. 
Somebody's touching God tonight. Somebody's touching God. I believe this is right from the throne of heaven. Thank you, Lord. Lieutenant, would you just stand right there? Come up here, Lieutenant, if you would. Pastor Gary, I want some brothers to get around, Lieutenant. She just saw God paint a target on prisons. Revival is coming to prisons. Come on in here. We, We got a lieutenant of the prison that oversees the prison. We got prison workers in our church. I want somebody just to lift up your voice right now. Every Sunday morning, 60 inmates from Bledsoe County tune in to the broadcast, and many of them have gotten born again and filled with the Holy Ghost sitting in a prison. I believe a great harvest field is coming into the prison. How many can get agreement with me right now? Lift up your voice. God, there is nothing impossible. We're praying for the prison. We're praying for the glory of God to come to those in an inmate cell. Hey, Jesus. I feel something happening. I feel something happening. Hamilton County, Bradley County, McMahon County, Blasso County, save them, save them, breakthrough, breakthrough in the prison, Jesus, Son of the living God, breakthrough. I need any school teacher, keep praying for the prisons. I need any school teachers that will come up to the altar to come. We're getting ready to paint our schools with prayer. I need any any teachers, administrators, workers in school systems anywhere. Come stand with me right here. Oh, come on, we're gonna paint, we're gonna paint these schools with prayer. Yep. Come on here, sisters and brothers. We praise you. Somebody let out a great shout to God. Come on, let out a great shout to God. Hallelujah. Come come closer together if you would. I just want some brothers and sisters to come and get behind them and just 
just get into this with me right here. Get into this with me right here. There's coming a revival to Howard High School and Clifton Middle School and to Heritage and to East Ridge and to Brainerd and to the Hamilton County School System and Bradley School System and Cleveland School System. And I just heard the Holy Ghost say, Christian schools are about to come into an outpouring of Holy Spirit. God, we pray for Silverdale Baptist that the mighty power of God would be poured out. Come on, church, lift it up. We pray for our sons and daughters. We pray for our sons and daughters. Send the glory to schools. Come on, sisters and brothers, lift your voice. Yes. Yes. The power of the living God. The power of the living God. Come on, pray. The God that answered prayer is in this room. The God that answered for fire is in this house. We lift up our voice and pray. Businessmen, business ladies, if you own business or you're leader in a business somewhere, just come stand in the middle right here. I believe God is going to move in the in the marketplace. Somebody say amen. All of our marketplace people, come on. All of our marketplace leaders, come on. You got a business, you got an entrepreneurial spirit. Come on here. God's gonna bless you this year. I said, God's going to bless you this year. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want you to throw those hands up like you want God to put his goodness on those hands and everything those hands touch. I pray the power of God would just flow through you. I'm asking the Lord to not only make you fruitful and to make you prosperous, but I'm praying right now that God give you the wisdom of Joseph and the grace of Solomon, the wisdom and grace of Solomon and Joseph to know how to do it and what to do. You're not only going to be successful in business, but God's going to make you a winner of souls. He that winneth souls is wise. I want you to throw those hands up and I want everybody in this church to stretch your hands toward this altar right now. I paint you, I paint you by faith with the grace of God to flourish in everything that you do for the kingdom. May the kingdom 
of God be exalted and magnified through your life. May people come into the kingdom. May revival break out in your business. May your co-workers come under conviction. May they turn to the Lord and live. In the name of Jesus, we pray for awakening on the mountain of business and commerce. Give us souls. Give us victory. Give us strategy. Give us breakthrough. Spirit of the living God, we need you. We call on you, Lord. Come on, pray, church. Pray, church. Pray, church. Inventions. 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 Strategies. Creative ways of doing it. Revolutionary concepts. creativity falling on business leaders. I declare this year God is going to unlock new ideas, new inventions, new strategies. You're going to think with a kingdom mindset that breaks the mold of the business you're operating in. I want you to prepare your heart for new ideas, new strategies that come from heaven. And we just break off fear, fear that would cause you to step out of them. So Father, I just declare right now sparks of creativity are being poured out on these business leaders and new ideas and inventions and solutions are coming forth in Jesus' name. Yes, God, right now, I thank you that this year they're thinking, I hear the Holy Ghost saying, outside of the box, outside of the box. God's about to take you outside of the box. Lord, I pray you'll raise up leaders of industries, leaders of, uh, of commerce, leaders with strategies. Father, I pray for a Joseph-like grace and a Solomonic wisdom upon them now. Father, I pray for an Issachar grace to be upon them that the church may know what to do. Like Issachar, give them the understanding so that the church may know what to do. I want to tell you right now, your industry may be faced with questions this year, but the Spirit of God is going to give you wisdom and He's going to give you understanding and you're going to experience breakthrough and give the glory to God when it happens because He's going to use you as a vessel and He's going to get the glory. Somebody lift up with praise to God.
just receive that now in Jesus' name. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Worship the Lord. I'm going to step out here and I'm going to just do this. I, I sense this in my heart. James Bilbury, I really believe God's saying this to you and he's saying it to some other people in this altar. I believe there's some people in here getting ready to take a great step. And fear is as real as the faith. But I'm going to tell you right now that what you're feeling is from heaven. And God, I know this ain't for everybody, but it's for somebody in this altar. And I'm telling you right now, the fear that is, is, is as present with you as the faith is only there because Satan does not want some of us to take this step. But the Lord is getting ready to, to crown your life with favor. And the faith that you have in God that he is going to do this is going to give you the courage to step out. And like the disciples who cast their net on the other side and caught a great multitude of fish, you're going to not, it's not about how hard this next season is of work for you. It's about putting your net in the right place and just simply launching out. And if I'm talking to you, lift your hand. I declare that over you right now. I thank you, Father, for faith even when fear is present and tells us we're crazy. Father, some of them are getting ready to hire more people, make a bigger business plan, a bigger, a different business model. Father, where you're taking them is bigger than anywhere they've ever been before. They've never been this way. They've never seen it on this scale. But I declare unto you that greatness is coming not because you're great, but because you have bowed your knee to the great God and you have given him your life and the gift he gave you, you have given it back to him. And now he's going to honor that. He's going to honor that with supernatural increase. Dr. White, I'm telling you what you've been feeling and the stirring that has been in your belly is from God. And in the in the right season, at the right time, God's turning a key and a door's coming open. And on the other side of that door is something greater than your mind has been able to conceive for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. And I release that over you right now. I release it over every brother and sister. Fear is bowing and faith is rising and what God has said yes to the enemies know and his fear will not keep you from it I declare these mountains of business are coming into the hands of the kingdom of God and the Lord God is going to get the glory somebody lift up a mighty shout somebody lift up a mighty shout we give the praise God I want to pray. Well, I know we got to go in a minute, but something good is happening. I want to pray for anyone who feels called into government, into government. 
either elected government or volunteer go just government you feel that call I know this is not for everybody if you feel called into government come stand with me wonderful God bless you sweetheart anyone else feel called into government yes thank you for coming God bless you let me say this this is why the Lord touched me to pray for it because if we're going to change the government, we're going to have to get insiders in the government. And it's the only way to change it. I want you to pray for these brothers and sisters that have come down. But I'm going to ask you to do something while we pray for them. I want you to pray for God to touch people. People say all the time, you know, I'm not entering into politics because of what they do to people who run for, for office. And I know that we're living in that. But what if God raised up a generation of governmental leaders who had such a testimony of the grace of God that when the, the media went to attempt to destroy them, there wasn't a whole lot of skeletons in their closet and there wasn't a track record of a bunch of debauchery. There was a godly example that had been displayed. I'm telling you, we need kingdom people to be in government. Say amen, somebody. Occupy till I come. That's what Jesus said. Occupy. How many want to see these seats occupied by kingdom people? How many want to see these seats in America occupied by kingdom of God people? Then I want you to pray that God would raise up a generation of leaders in government that fear the Lord and will lead us into a place that honors and pleases God. Lift your hands right now and pray with me. Come on. I, I, want, I want you to pray right here on this. If you haven't prayed for anything else, you need to pray for this. I pray for every one of these brothers and sisters that have come to this altar. I pray you'll give them wisdom. I pray you'll open the right door. I pray, God, that the desire of their heart Father, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to give them the, de the desire of their heart. Speak to them, Lord. Speak to them, Lord. Work through them, Holy Spirit. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that grace to lead would be upon them. I'm asking you, God, for people who are not in this altar that should be in this altar. Father, people who, who have a gift, people who have the ability to lead, Father, they've come to this altar and some have not. And I'm praying that you raise them up. Jesus, Jesus. Abel, he's doing something. He's doing something. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I praise you, God, for working in our lives. Lead us and guide us, God. Lead us and guide Find somebody to pray with you right now. God, we're praying for governmental leaders to be raised up in the nation of America. Come on. Come on, y'all. We can't let witches and warlocks take over the seats of Congress, the Senate, the White. We can't do it. We've got to have kingdom people with a kingdom spirit. Pray with three or four people right now. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. I want to say this. Hold on, Tori, just a second, sweetheart. You go back and look at church and look at American history. The greatest days in America in the past, in many places. Now, there was some junk in our past. How many know that we needed to get out of America? Say amen, somebody. I believe that. But some of the greatest times of revival, the great awakening in America happened when the preachers 
were in Congress and would open up Congress and Senate meetings with prayer. I want us to pray today that God would again touch the hearts of leaders in this nation who have a kingdom spirit to not only occupy pulpits, but occupy places of governmental leadership in this nation so that we can see the goodness of God. The Bible said when the righteous are in, in leadership, the people rejoice. How many know that's what the Bible said? When the righteous are in leadership, the people rejoice. Can we lift our hands right now in circles of prayer and call on God? Call on God to raise up voices that will they'll be like Ezra the scribe. They'll, they'll be faithful. They'll be faithful to the things of the Spirit and faithful to the things of God in the nation. Come on, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, on the mountain of government, I pray that the scepter of the wicked would not rest on the mountain of government in this nation. I pray that our future would be painted with leaders that have a heart for the kingdom of God. Leaders that love people, that have a spirit of God, the spirit of God living in them, and that the fruit of the Holy Spirit would be exemplified and exuding from their life. We are praying for kingdom leaders in governmental positions so that the people may rejoice. We are crying out to you for a kingdom party. I can't get anybody in agreement with me right here. But we are crying out for a kingdom people to be in governmental leadership, not because we want a, a, a Christian nationalism. We just want a Christian nation, a nation that loves people, a nation that loves everybody, a nation that loves like Christ loves, a nation that loves the Word, a nation that loves God, not an angry nation, not a mad nation, not, not, not a nationalism nation, just a nation that loves Jesus. God, would you send leaders that have the heart of the Father. Come on, pray that with me right there. Father, send leaders. Send leaders. Abba, raise up leaders that will, that will not only be effective in church, but will be effective in, in the halls of Congress and in places of governmental leadership. Mayors, governors, lieutenant governors, God, we're praying for a harvest of governmental leaders that will shape a nation that reflects the God who birthed her in Jesus' name. We give you glory and honor for it now. We give you glory and honor for it now. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Jesus, I worship you. We humble ourselves before you, asking you for your blessing on our, on our country, God. Heal us of our wounds. Heal us of our wounds. Heal us of the division. I pray for a healing to come to this nation tonight. Somebody pray with me right now. I just got heavy with a burden for healing in our nation. Our nation needs to be healed tonight. Come on. We ask for it in the name of Jesus. Aren't you sick of seeing all the hurt and the pain? Come on. The malice and the division. How many can agree with me for these last few minutes of prayer that healing can come to this nation? Come on. We cry out. Cry out for healing. Healing in the nation. 
healing in our nation in the mighty name of Jesus. Spirit of the living God, heal our nation. We pray it right now in Jesus' name. Heal the streets. Heal us, God. Bind us up and heal us. Bind us up, Lord, and heal us. We're hurting. We're mad. We're angry. We're boiling with rage. We need healing. Heal us, Lord. Heal us, Lord. Heal us, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Now, if you believe God's heard our prayers, all these prayers tonight, I want us to seal it with praise right now. Just take about 60 seconds and let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. Come on. Let's just go for it. Hey! Let's just give Him praise. Let's just give Him praise. Come on in here. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto our God with a voice of triumph. Let God arise and all of His enemies be scattered. We give you glory, God. We give you glory.